0: Carolyn, thank you, team. Uh, One of the the realities of this season is that it's going to be fluid. We need to be uh, mindful that uh, places can be closed down pretty quickly. And so we know that uh, if people aren't able to to get out for whatever reason, we just have to live in this space. So I know that you and I, uh, we get that. That's the reality of where we live right now. Uh, A church just up the road in Burnie had to close. Uh, recently because I had a number of cases there. School in our area, North West, uh, had to close for, for, some, for a week. So we just need to be really mindful. Let's do the right thing so we can enjoy being together like this. And, uh, and as we said, we pray for those who are not here. Well, just to, before I begin my message, I just want to uh, highlight the fact that after the service, we're going to have a couple of minutes break, a bit of a stretch. But I'd love to invite you, if you're interested in being in a life group, we want to relaunch our life groups we want to uh, really send a a really clear message to the enemy the spiritual enemy that life groups are the most powerful means in which you and i become strong followers of jesus there's no doubt about that so i want to look at that and i want to invite you to just to lean in and and maybe if there's some interest in you to lead a life group at some point or to be a host family that, that opens your home up for a life group to be able to, to meet in your home, then this is an invitation for you. Uh, maybe you're leading a life group, but you ha- are interested, but not sure. Maybe you think you need to know, go to Bible college to lead a life group. Well, if you hang in afterwards after the service, we will uh, clarify some of those details for you. That would be really, really powerful. Well, we're going to speak this morning on, and I just want to say thank you, Carolyn, because uh, I ran Carolyn thinking that just to get her to do a couple of things maybe and help out, and she basically said, oh, I'll do the lot. And so thank you, no, in a nice way. <laughs> and I'm, I'm like, thank you so much. So that was great. So Gabe was on, meant to be on today, and I know you guys maybe can do a swap sometime and we can pay it forward. But thank you for stepping in for that, uh, for today and doing all that you do. Uh, just recently, we've been looking at the spiritual wilderness places and times and seasons that we walk through, We're also learning that in that place God can minister really profoundly and incredibly and set things up in our lives and reveal to us a sense of who we are in the midst of that. And so I want to flow on from that and follow on from those, those thoughts and speak about how to be certain in uncertain times. And I think there's great truths and great promises that, that come out of God's Word. And so just for today, we're going to look at seven. But today we're going to look at, we'll be here a bit longer than, than you intended, we're going to look at three today. And I pray that you would better look back over them in a week and think about them. Maybe take some notes, listen to the message during the week, and uh, be encouraged again at what God may be saying to you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for the Word. Thank you for the opportunity. We honour your Word. We lift up your word, Lord. There's nothing like it. Like we've been hearing, we speak the name of Jesus. I thank you, Father, that that in the name of Jesus, the demons tremble. Just the name of Jesus. It is holy. It is almighty. It is powerful. And we thank you, Father, that you would help us to be reminded of that even today, that we can call on the name of Jesus for help, for deliverance, to lead us and guide us and to provide a way through. And so we thank you for this few moments together, Lord, that you would speak to each of our hearts. And everyone said? Amen. So how to be certain in uncertain times. Uh, When I became a a Christian in 88, uh, I don't know if you've ever seen it, but there was a car sticker. And on the car sticker it said, God said it, I believe it, that settles it. And I put this thing on my van, which I had, which we brought so we could move people around in the church and, and sold our car to do this. And I had the sticker there, and I still remember to this day what that said. And in my heart, there's different renderings or versions of the wording of that. But I, I think sometimes we get caught up in what we hear. We can get daunted and confused. We need to remember that God's word is holy. God's word is all authority. We need to stand on his word. There's not a lot of things you can stand on. There's not a lot of things that you and I can be certain about. You can buy something, and you have to return it an hour later. I've been there. I'm uncertain. So what the Bible will help us to understand today, and I hope I can help with this, is that there are things we can be certain of. We've been looking at the challenge of facing the difficult seasons that we have before us, the hard times, even the impossible times, and trying to understand or comprehend these in our understanding is difficult. And the reason that it's difficult is we're not meant to. God says not to lean on your own understanding, but to trust Him for starters. So, what can I be certain of in 2022 or in 2023? My faith, my God, my heart, and taxes. Anyway, in 2022 is turning into a year of unprecedented happenings. We heard about some of that today. So can I encourage you to stay connected? If you stay connected here in presence or online, stay connected. It's easy to become isolated in the current culture. It really helps to want to do that. And even more so as we listen to the media. We listen to secular media that, that is promoting fear and confusion and deception and disorder and lawlessness. That's misleading and, and lying and creating chaos. Jesus has an answer for us. In Matthew 24, 6, he says, And when you hear of wars or rumours of wars, see to it that you not be troubled. His first conclusion is that stuff is going to happen. Uncertainty prevails. But see to it that you be not troubled, for these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. At the very end of Matthew chapter four, if you read it in your own time this week, it's a big chapter, Jesus concludes with saying that when all these things have been preached, then the end will come. I heard recently that every tribal group in the in the world, globally, every unreached people group will be reached in eight to ten years. Now, I'm not going to say that's Timeline. I'm just saying that in 8 to 10 years, that is now the prediction of when everyone would have heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. Every place has been reached. And that's in carrying new generations and new places and new groups and new areas. So 8 to 10 years, folks, I think we need, to, we need to be ready. I think we need to be ready. God provides so much assurance from his word, so much hope, he says, see to it that you are not troubled. We looked at Ecclesiastes, as it says, there is a time for everything, a season under every activity, under the heavens, relating to many areas of life, but our rhythms of life. Ecclesiastics contemplates the emptiness of life without God. But at the final conclusion, you need to read the end of the book. There's some really great truths revealed. So, the great thing about difficult seasons is that it's a season. It will start and it will finish. I heard of a psychologist speaking about global trauma that's happened uh, around the world because of COVID. It's a, it's a real thing, it's a serious thing. I haven't got time to, to, to unpack that this morning. But there's a global trauma, and one of the elements or aspects or Uh, consequences of global trauma is diminished capacity. Diminished capacity. Diminished capacity in relationships, in doing life, in relating, in thinking, in processing, in comprehending, in understanding. It's very interesting. Maybe you agree with that, I don't know, but I certainly feel it and I think people I've spoken to are certainly feeling that. We could talk about the symptoms but not for time. So there's lots of things going on in our world. But there are some things that are not influenced by time or seasons or by world events or wars or unstable markets or higher fuel prices and food. The other day I was picking Roger up. We're going out to have a game of golf. And I got in the car and I must have had my serious face on. And I said, oh, gee, I've just had to uh, find out I'm going to have to donate a kidney and he looked at me, because I've got a couple of things I'm getting tested for. It was totally separate. He was, he was, he's shocked. He's like, oh, Louie, are you okay? And then I realised I almost had my serious face on. I said, no, I just filled the tank up, you know. <laughs> and it was like, it was... anyway, you may be, boom, boom, you'll get that later. <laughs> anyway, I had to really apologise. No, sorry, Roger, it's okay. Everything's okay. People, people were just perceiving things and hearing things. It's, it's like, Ah. So some things are in Jeremiah 17, 7, my blessing, this is God. My blessing is on those people who trust in me, who put their confidence in me. God promises to bless us as we trust him. That's a great way to start. Or Psalm 27, it says, Though an army deploys against me, my heart is not afraid. Though a war breaks out against me, still I will be confident. Don't put your hope or your hope or assurance or confidence or look for contentment in things that are uncertain. But put your faith and trust and focus towards that which is certain. I thought as I was putting this together, trust or be troubled, it's your choice. It's your choice. Put your hope in Jesus as Lord and Saviour. He is the saviour of the whole world yet for those who have yet to accept him. And for those who even reject him, he still wants to be their saviour. In Psalm 20 verse 7, some trust in chariots, some trust in horses, but we trust. Remember the, the modern translation of trust is relaxing in the name of the Lord our God. So what can we be certain of? Well, I can tell you a lot of things we can not be certain of for instance uh, a friend of mine many years ago after service we would come home as a family and eat hot dogs it was it was our staple diet on sundays hot dogs after the service thing I'll be thinking about before I preach my message hot dogs Nice hot dog, get the pack, get the fresh bread. Oh, my goodness. Not the crusty roll, get that out there, put the butter on there, there's sausage, the sauce, the mustard, the mayonnaise, whatever you want to put on there, ketchup, I don't know, and cheese. Oh, I'm just there. Are you there right now? Yeah, well, sorry about that. But then my friend told me, had read something about what's in the sausage. And I said, don't talk to me about it. I don't want to know, don't ruin this for me, don't ruin it. And so I still continue to eat those sausages. But I can promise you right now, I don't think I can tell you exactly the last time I had a sausage, but it would have to be four, five, six years. <laughs> it got to me, it got to me, and I, every time I'd have the sausages I thought, "Guy, would you like hot dogs? I say, nah, can we have something else? And it slowly changed, it got to me. It can't be certain, I read something the other day, sorry folks for KFC, those Chicken McNuggets, Oh, yeah, they taste like chicken, but aren't they chicken? No. I read something and I said, that's it. Sorry. Sorry, I know the families here who love KFC. I just can't go there. I hope I don't do it for you, what someone did it for me. I'm just paying it forward. Anyway, put your hope in Jesus. There is so much to be uncertain about, but there are some things we can be certain about. So here's number one, the number one thought of being certain. We can be certain that God still rules the earth. God still rules the earth. He's still in charge. He's not defeated. He's not weak. He's not limited. He's not powerless. Isaiah 66:1 says, "This is what the Lord says. This is God speaking, friends. Not me. This is God. This is what the Lord says. The heavens are my throne, and earth is my footstool. God still rules." Everything you hear will say otherwise. God is irrelevant. God is dead. God doesn't exist. God has no relevance to our, our life and society. Friends, God still rules. No matter how uncertain life is, no matter how hectic, no matter how frustrating, no matter how disappointing, no matter what season you or we may be walking through, Jesus is in control. God is in control. And even when times are uncertain, we are, when we're not sure, the Bible says, when you don't know what's going on, don't be troubled about what's next. Don't be troubled. So what can we be certain of? God still rules. Here's another thought. The word of God will still remain true. The word of God stands forever, should be our motto. You and I, we think on words, or we bank on words, or what people say, or politicians, governments, but the word of God will still be true. Isaiah 48 says, the grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of God endures forever. The word of God is here before you, and the word of God will be here way after you. Matthew 24, 35, a little bit later on, heaven and earth shall pass away, Jesus is speaking. But he says, "My words shall not pass away. My words shall not pass away." William Carey wrote this. Sorry, William Kelly. Pardon me. Wrote that at the end. As the end draws nearer, we do greatly need simplicity to rest upon God's word. There may be difficulties to such as we are, and the word seems a weak thing to confide in for eternity. But in truth, it is almost more stable than heaven and earth. I believe it. The Bible says in Hebrews 13:8, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today and forever. So I can be certain that God says who he says he is, is absolutely true. And from when we look at the New Testament to the Old Testament, it's a fulfilment. It proves to us that God's word is true. As he promised, so he fulfilled. We need to build our lives on Jesus and on his word because his promises will not fail. 1 Kings eight fifty six, John Joshua 23, 14. Even the heroes in the Bible came from all walks of life. Rulers, servants, teachers, doctors. They were male, female, single and married. Yet one common denominator united them they built their lives on the promises of god and that's all we have but that's a lot that's a lot may you be encouraged to build on the promises of god well how do we build on the promises of god well we read our bible first thing i was taught when i became a new christian is read your bible go to a bible believing church and pray pray to god Build your relationship with God. Those are three things that I was told to do, and I did them. So how do we build on the promises of God? Hebrews 10, 23 tells us, let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm, for God can be trusted to keep his promise. So what do we do? We hold tightly without wavering. It's easy to waver. We all get wobbly at times. You ever go to a cafe and the table wobbles? Yeah, I'm one of those guys who get under there and starts doing something, getting some napkins and folding them under, trying to stop it for the next person. You get your cuppa and the thing's like, you're on a boat, you walk away and you We get wobbly in life. We waver, but hope we possess and affirm because God can be trusted. Are you holding tightly to the promises of God? Do you know what the promises of God mean for you and your family? Are you believing God for them? Are you taking God at his word? What does that mean? Hold tightly. The second thought here is Hebrews 6.19. For we have this hope, Jesus, as an anchor for our lives. Look at that. Safe and secure. An unshakable hope. Anchored to Jesus. The very presence behind the veil. That's the context of it always there, always available, not having to, to not go behind, but we can now see behind the veil. We can see and meet with God. As you put your faith in the unbreakable promises of God, you will experience unshakable hope. Second Peter 1.5, for this very reason, I know there's a lot of scripture this morning, but we just want to lay it for you and just give it to you. Look at this, it says, make every effort. For this reason, make every effort, to add to your faith, goodness, and to goodness, knowledge, and it goes on. This is the premise. To make every effort is the thing you do before the promise. Some people go, oh, I just got a promise. Well, do you actually know what it is? What are you doing with the promise? Oh, there's a promise out there? Well, go after it. Get it. Make every effort. Isn't this what Romans teaches us with Abraham? God promised him. Abraham goes, oh, I'm just wait for the promise. Abraham trusted God. He put it into action. He stepped it out. He walked it out. He says, I believe it. I'm putting my life on the line. I'm putting my family on the line. I will do it because I believe your word, Lord. That's how we build on the promises of God. Not just being aware of them, but putting faith into action, stepping out. Make every effort is the premise, the thing we do before the promise becomes a reality in our lives. Second Corinthians 1.20, it says God has said this, that he uh, says God has made many promises. They are all yes because of what Christ has done. So through Christ we say, amen. we talk about the name of Jesus. Because of the name of Jesus, because of all that Jesus represents for me. You know what? I can see things and I can be people and they swear like a trooper. I used to swear like a trooper. You've heard the story. It's like my, my number one language. I used to swear, I used to make up words. I, but I tell you what, I get really upset when people use the name of Jesus in vain. I don't swear now, by the way, but just so you know. Well, not yet anyway, I don't know. <laughs> I won't guarantee anything, but anyway. But the name of Jesus, when people go, oh, Jesus, I'm like, hold me back. I had a major in the work office and every time his, his colleagues would say, oh, Jesus, he'd get up, where? Where's Jesus, where is he? Oh, Jesus is here. They used to think he was crazy. It probably did look a bit crazy, didn't it? But he would do that and he didn't care. His name was Larry. Just say no. I give all to Larry. Oh, he was just out there. He was just, he was wild. Ah. Make every effort. And number one, oh, number three, sorry, the devil will still be defeated. God still rules, he's on the throne. Earth is his footstool. The word of God will stand forever. Things will come, things will go, people will come, people will go, but the word of God will remain. You can bank on that, right? Quote me on that one. You can, you can. And number three, the devil will still be defeated. Will still be defeated. See, God is bigger, greater, stronger, more powerful than the devil. 1 John chapter 4 and 1 John 5, 4 talks about greater is he who is in me than he is in the world. This is how we overcome by our, by our faith that we have victory and it's in him, Jesus Christ. In 1 John 3, 8 it says, The reason the Son of God appeared was what? To destroy, to utterly annihilate the devil's work. The word destroy means to lose one that is bound. Sometimes we speak and live as Christians, bound. Because we feel like there's this duality going on between God and the devil. That's not. It's not the picture the Bible teaches us. Jesus is demonstrating he is over the enemy. He's bigger than the enemy. He has more powerful, powerful than the enemy. Enemy. He possesses all power and authority in the cosmos, including everything over the devil, the demons, and the dominion of darkness. I believe it. I've seen people cast out of de- demons, cast out of people. I've seen it. I've seen it. Scary, but I've seen it. It's the power of God confronting the kingdom of darkness. The devil is defeated. We learn at the end of Romans chapter 16, Paul warns us about ungodly doctrine and false and divisive teachings that will emerge. That there's an enemy trying to infiltrate and create division and chaos even in the church and with God's people. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 27 says, Do not give the enemy, any room or space in your mind or your heart or your doctrine or your belief system, even your value system. So you and I, will read things, learn things, we'll grow, we keep growing. They just discovered our brain is still learning and growing. And we can get caught up in that space and start to depend on that rather depend on Jesus and what he says. Do not give means not at all, not ever. The enemy room, space, or license. James 4.7 says, Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil, he will flee from you. He is defeated, and so we need to live like that. Sometimes our words and our talking is, is so different. It's like, oh, you know, I've got a big God and I've got a big devil, and which one's going to win today? No. No, the enemy will try to think that's the way it is, but it's not. Upon reflecting on the honesty and purity of the Bible, someone said this, it won't be on the notes I think, but it said, the Bible is not a book that man could write if he would, or would write if he could. The Bible does not honor man, but God. See, you have everything to gain by building your life upon the rock, taking God's word to heart, believing in Jesus Christ as the living God who came to show us, you, the way. And as we rely on the Holy Spirit to empower us, we will see God be true and made manifest. I hope you believe this. So what have we looked at this morning? Well, there are many things we can be uncertain about, hot dogs and chicken and nuggets. But anyway, but we can be certain about God still rules the earth. His word remains true forever and the devil will still be defeated. I hope that you feel certain today. I hope even just these three points will just remind you that God is on your side and that you can be on God's side whatever is going on around about you don't despair, don't get caught up with what you're hearing and what you're reading come back and bring it before God cast your cares upon him come before him know the truth of his word, that's what matters, that's what's essential studying God's word and following him diligently really does matter You can be sure of Jesus. My story and your story are the same. Different environments, different context, but the same Jesus and the same Saviour, the same Lord. Jesus proved this coming in physical form. He came to redeem mankind as he promised. He proved this in his purpose and mission, and he proved this in his promises that were fulfilled. That God keeps his word. How are you today? In Psalm 56.9, speaking in a context of fear, feeling overwhelmed, then my enemies will turn back when I call for help. Just think about that. You're feeling overwhelmed right now? You're feeling uncertain, frustrated, vexed, and don't know what's going on? Just feel the weight of life, your world, whatever's going on for you. Do you feel that right now? Maybe just thinking of this. Then my enemies will turn back when I call for help. By this I will know that God is for me. Oh, wow, man. I just want to rest on that. David provides antidotes to fear and uncertain times. He says, remember God is always by your side. Trust him. To help you and praise him. And we heard that this morning. Carolyn was speaking there. Praise him for fulfilling his promises. And the promises that you are yet to see. So I pray over my children. None of them are married yet. Ashley's desk now got a boyfriend at nearly 20 next week, 28. I've been praying for 28 years. But even before she was born, 29 years, I was praying. I was praying for the person that God would align to her. How's that going, Luke? It's 28 years, we're we're still praying. Not praying as much because there's that, that I wanna be, you know. (laughs) She may listen to this. But we keep praying and believing for the promises of God. You can be sure, even when you're unsure. But I wanna ask you this, do you know Jesus today? Today, would you say that Jesus is clearly your Lord and Saviour? Are you living today, like Carolyn said and challenged us this morning, earlier on, is Jesus your Lord? Is he your saviour? Are you living right before him? Are there things that you need to look at and consider and say, you know what? This doesn't honour you, Lord. This is not good in my life. I need to change. I need to make some changes. I need to reassess. We heard of Stephen Preston just sharing before about realigning some things, doing some things different. What is God asking you? To do, what does that look like for you? What does that look like for me? I know what it looks like for me. It's confronting and challenging. But I know that's what God's saying. You can be sure of His invitation to come as you give your life and surrender your life to Him and acknowledge Him as your Lord and Savior. There are times in my days where I just go, hey, Lord, I'm just going to refocus right now i just going to stop, just everything, just stop. Lord, I just acknowledge you. You are my Lord and you are my saviour. Sorry for when I think that I am. Sorry for when I think I've got all the answers. Sorry when I want to intervene, when you want me just to be in you. Sorry for that. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, I ask in Jesus' name, in the name that is above every other name. Oh Lord, I pray that God, that you would just again refresh our hearts, realign our hearts and our minds that Lord, this year is a year of renewal. It's it's a year to get back on track and to get closer and stronger and to go further and deeper and higher in you. Lead us, Father, in this season where there's a world out there, Father, where there are people out there who need this hope, who need to know the reason and the hope that we have and possess, Lord. And may we demonstrate that with power and authority and with conviction, yet with hope and grace and mercy. Help us, Lord, to be all that you have called us to be. And we ask, Father, that why there are so many things that we could look at, so much uncertainty, One thing is that we don't have to be troubled because we can be certain of you. And I pray that, Father, you would speak to us this week about your certainty, your promise, your presence. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I'm always happy to pray.